Welcome to Extra AI, your podcast series on machine learning and AI applications. Yes, Extra AI, X-T-R-A-W-A-I.com. And this is your host, Raghu Banda. As always, uh, we will start discussing, again, some interesting conversations in this podcast around the topic of AI. First, I would like to wish you all a happy new year, 2023. I hope uh, you all had a wonderful holiday break and welcome back uh, to this podcast series. We have a interesting line of uh, podcast scheduled for this year. And today we are in the podcast 38, uh, the podcast number eight in season four. I brought a interesting topic to start the, to kickstart this uh, new year we will be talking about the continuous orchestration in the context of AI. We all know how important it is uh, when we talk about doing the DevOps or doing the development of the software development lifecycle management. Continuously, we innovate, integrate, and deploy these different applications. Yes, we have been talking a lot about machine learning and AI and MLOps, I also want to reiterate how important it is getting uh, to focus on DevOps a bit more, whether it is the IT DevOps or the product DevOps or the SaaS DevOps. So I have uh, invited an interesting conversation uh, with a guest uh, co-founder from uh, Opsera. So as always, uh, I'll provide more details at the end of the podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Okay, welcome back uh, to Extra AI, our uh, podcast series in machine learning and AI applications. And today I have a guest, Mr. Kumar Chivukula. Uh, today we'll be talking about continuous orchestration in the context of AI. So we basically we go into the background of DevOps, the need for DevOps and Dev Security Ops and so on and so forth. So I thought it might be interesting to have this conversation in the scheme of things that is happening with all our other conversations in AI, in the context of AI and data. So welcome on board, uh, Kumar. Uh, I would appreciate you. if you can provide some quick background. Yeah, uh, first of all, Raghu, thank you for taking the time and uh, talking to us and uh, really appreciate the opportunity as well. It's not easy for what you're doing to the community and I'm glad to be part of that and uh, appreciate you having us today in the call. Okay, so brief background and I'll keep it really brief. Kumar Shivukla, co-founder of uh, Apsara and uh, we, myself and Chandra Ranganathan, we both co-founded Apsara back in 2019 and we started the company 2020. Uh, This company was formed based on the pain points we both faced at the various companies and uh, we worked together at Symantec. And uh, before Apsara, I was at 16 years, uh, with 10 years at Adobe, six years at Symantec. Predominantly worked in the SaaS and DevOps and uh, cloud and these, uh, these type of uh, functions. And uh, one of the challenges that we ran into it, software delivery management in the cloud and the digital transformation. And uh, at a time that we were there in Symantec and Adobe, we used to spend about $25 million on average and two largest software publishing companies. And uh, we used to spend about 60% of that is on people, 40% on tools. 
it's not easy to scale with people and uh, all the time and uh, as much as you want with skill skill shortage and we thought that as the two largest software publishing companies are struggling to manage it this uh, with that much money imagine how other enterprises in the world are have to deal with it and as a result the thought came into us and we validated the thought process with a bunch of ctos and caos and ceos plus other execs and we created this company to uh, our goal and vision is to enable empower enterprises and developers to make the software delivery faster better and secure that is our vision and we'll go dig into that a little bit more and that's the quick summary and background so thank you kumar i think that was a awesome way the way you have put it about where the need is coming in from uh, in this devops and the software development life cycle environment though it is a regular phenomenon that we do day in and day out yeah. so generally okay. what i do uh, in the context of these conversations to kind of kick start or ease our audience into the conversation i come up with a teaser question uh, and maybe uh, let me put this question in a different way i know we all have been in the software field or in the it field for quite some time inherently we know there are some of these tasks that we do on a daily basis but inherently mm-hmm. we know that uh, things have changed quite a bit and the tools and technologies behind the tasks that we do on a daily basis have been using machine learning or analytics or insights without even that we know could you provide some one such experience that you notice that hey in the past i used to do these things in a different way but now i do it in a different way and there is inherent machine learning or ai involved yeah i think there are many examples but i think i'll tell you from the the let i'll, I'll give the example of devops devsecops that's a relevant topic and I'll explain that today there are bunch of tools in the market devops is not a new phenomenon any of even ai and ml is not a new phenomenon in my opinion because it's been there the technology is there now the, mar- the enterprises and market is receptive to that and uh, they are accepting the new innovation because systems are in place computing engine in place cloud 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 market cloud vendors are enabling the enterprises to run this algorithm at scale right it was not possible before you need to have a big iron and what not in terms of like uh, servers and uh, storage and the compute power network bandwidth and so on and so forth so let me get, in the context of devops and devsecops what's happening is in the software delivery management there are 9 to 10 stages there are many stages but 9 to 10 predominantly right you have a code commit and uh, you have check uh, check in and then once you do the commit and then you trigger the bill there's a bill happens before the bill may be scanning and then after that you have to have a uh kind of like validation and then you put them in the artifactory then run the scan again for the docker image and do the unit testing integration testing functional testing and you're ready to go for approval get the approval and then do the deploy into respective cloud and target so there are each of the boxes i'm talking about they have the each of the tools like git mm-hmm. repository jenkins artifactory nexus sonar cube twistlock anchor and then you have argo cd spinnaker jnet jmet is what not so they get generate so much data and and uh, in the past we used to the entire software development used to happen on the four walls of the data center now when mm-hmm. you go to the cloud and so much metadata is coming into the play mm-hmm. and now this is where ml and ai comes into the play for example when you run a scan just give one couple of example right you scan through the code of known vulnerability with static code analysis you also run the scan for any secrets passwords keys inside your repository and then you create a docker image or a zip file a war file jar file you scan that one make sure that mm-hmm. nothing that you know of that is there in the container vulnerabilities as vm before you deploy them all of the other tools they use a common database which is called cve and mm-hmm. vulnerability database that common vulnerability database that is available by government nist 
and then they produce the same level of vulnerability multiple times different right. landscape different so with ml ops and ai if you imagine that if you can bring the vulnerabilities and uh, aggregate them and give you the unique way of solving that instead of going right. to the report of five different tools i can find a way to do it in a manner where i can just get one report if i can solve this particular issue i can close multiple issues inside mm-hmm. the software supply chain which is a classic example of where ml and ai can help significantly because ml is really needed because you have to train the model make sure that right. you understand the data patterns and match them and you can create that with ai you can be able to create harness the data and be able to based on the patterns that you establish and provide the intelligence and also provide the recommendations around that okay if you can solve these five vulnerabilities you can improve the security posture by like 50% or you can right. reduce your risk improve your reduce your risk score by so much so that level of intelligence is missing today mm-hmm. and which is where we are investing our cycles and energy i'm just giving one example the second right. example is we imagine that we have 15 different stages of okay, maybe 10 tools are there how do you troubleshoot the problem how do you find a needle in the haystack when something happens that's again like the data you bring sure. the data and uh, bring it to the sim platform which is whether whatever the sim platform that you have and apply the some kind of a data pattern because each company operates slightly differently with respect to secops and uh, and uh, their uh, sre and whatnot but you will be able to understand the signals you can establish the signals and catch the signals and reduce the noise from there is so much data that comes in how do you take out the noise and catch the signal right signals and be able to alert the right uh, right people with the secop so that way you're improving the mttr mean time to resolution or mm-hmm. pro- sometimes you proactively resolve the issues before something happens to get to that stage you need to establish a benchmarking baseline and then you can start establishing that uh, repeatable patterns and solving the problems through ai and ml mechanism i can go and give another few examples but again these are the few things i can where people can relate to it operationally right. and security wise i'll take a pause here to see any question anything you want me to expand and uh, add more no that's a great start i think uh, kumar so what we will do i think we will definitely get into our meet of our today's topic and today's conversation you gave a great introduction into that so maybe let us take a quick break come back and then continue our conversation yeah. all right uh, welcome back i know we have already uh, kumar has given some very nice examples to get on to get on board with this topic of continuous orchestration and explaining about the the need for devops and the need for devsecops uh, let us now get into a bit more into the details of this so we all know kumar about these devops dev projects and the various steps that are involved uh, but would it maybe i thought like it would make sense to reiterate the importance of devops i know you briefly spoke about it can you provide some background and the evolutionary steps that involved devops and why it is happening more nowadays yeah great question i think it's a, it's a, like as i mentioned right devops is nothing new in the current market devops is more of a culture and the principles and uh, it's more towards that how you can bring the developer and operations together mm-hmm. and then we, they can work together so that it's not uh, development is throwing something the development over the fence to operations operation people have to catch it and run with it something goes wrong operation people have to go and uh, bounce it back to the developers they have unified responsibility and uh, shared vision and then be able to make the experience better for the, their end users internal customers or application teams and what have you so it's more of a the, the culture and principles and the way you can bring bring the teams together so why the devops is getting the center of attention right now as part of the digital transformation and the pandemic really 
force a lot of the companies to adopt the cloud. Before that, a lot of companies that want to go to cloud or they want to save money or not so much with money, they want to adopt it. Sometimes it's cool technology, sometimes it's a need, sometimes it's, it's something they uh, they want, they have something that is running in the cloud with respect to A and ML or data modeling, which they can't build it inside the data center. That's how they extended the cloud. Now, right. the pandemic came in the last two years, really forced a lot of enterprises to adopt the cloud in a big way. On top of it, before pandemic, there is a digital transformation wave is going along. Mm -hmm. So when we go to the cloud, everything is a code and it's no longer the days where you just uh, rely upon a particular team that manages the, your development projects and where development team can get support from the operations team. Now, when you're running your applications in EC2 instances or VM or containers, microservices, serverless, and layer the different languages on top of it, each of them has their own dependencies, each of them has their own patterns and Kubernetes, right? And not to mention, how do you deal with all these things plus tools? And right. uh, when you have uh, various aspects involved, so DevOps is grown into the more towards that. It's playing a significant role in the digital transformation where every company is a software company, no longer the days where they can consume the data from uh, Microsoft, Symantec, Adobe, and uh, Google, the, some of the companies that are producing the software, right? Apple, right? Now, every company, one way or other, as part of the digital transformation, they are catering to the, their end customer in some shape or form through mobile, through interface, or through web interface, or mm -hmm. some kind of a, like a, with IoT devices in some industry revolution as well. So hence, if these, the, these enterprise companies have to spend some time and effort, energy to transform themselves. If you don't transform, they don't transform, they get disrupted by the companies like Tesla, companies like we've seen it, Facebook, Google, right. Uber, or how they Uber disrupted the traditional industries, right? And how Tesla disrupted the automation industry. So they, every company is taking notice of that. Now you, this evolution is started, like Amazon, like e-commerce industry. Who would have thought that you can order something in two hours, you'll have something in a doorstep, and they will know they, with a bunch of other convenient factors that you have, right? So now the evolution is, it used to be in the four walls of data center, and DevOps kind of adopted, people who adopted the cloud, they went and ran the things in the cloud. But with, with the way adoption that is happening at a rate, and with way what's happening in the next five years, it's the DevOps is playing going to play a significant role. It becomes a mainstream thing now. It's mm -hmm. no longer the days. Oh, it's nice to have. It's mainstream. There's a significant line items for the budget, and also it's the teams that are supporting large scale of teams with respect to SaaS DevOps or IT DevOps or the product DevOps. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I think uh, I like the way you put it. Um, so, and with the COVID pandemic, I know even before the COVID pandemic, like you mentioned many of these companies are getting into this digital transformation wave, but with the COVID pandemic, things have been multiplied and things have been going on at a faster pace. So yes. could you also highlight a bit on the security aspects of this? I think you've briefly mentioned that, maybe the DevSecOps and uh, and why yeah. do companies are now focusing on that? Because I know yeah. there is a lot of talk around that. Um, absolutely, this is an add-on question. I should have I included that. So I talked about data center going to cloud, right? People right. think that uh, data center, we used to have a firewall. So we used to have a perimeter firewalls and edge, uh, the, you have a bunch of other security devices and uh, ITS, I, IPS and IDS, intrusion protection, intrusion detection. And you have a various way to uh, detect things ahead of time, edge, uh, WAF and uh, web application firewalls, so proxies. A lot of these things used to protect the people from getting into the internet and uh, mm -hmm. having people bad actors coming into the, uh, your data centers. When you go to cloud, you still have to have the ecosystem. It's not like magically the cloud is going to solve the security problems. What cloud is giving the 
compute at scale or storage at scale some of the services at scale but they are not going to take care of your data they are not going to take care of your security yes you can sign up to the cloud vendor security and you can sign you can take the aws azure gcp they offer the various service security offerings but they are not going to hold, give you the give you the managed service for your security it's very difficult for them to understand your data understand your customer base and so on and so forth you still have to be responsible now that everything is a code and when you go to cloud you need to have i'm not saying the replicate what you have in the data center cloud and that, that's not what i'm suggesting there is a cloud way of operating when you are offering the whole thing right how do you make it is everything is a code it's all code based how do you mm-hmm. detect these things how do you put your security groups on your uh, somewhere to notify yourself guard duty how do you ensure that like in the context of amazon i just given the example for people to understand the cloud watch and cloud right. trail and you have to have a web application firewall and you need to have a dlp and uh, you need to have a two factor authentication you have to have identity protection all these things are no longer the way things are you do think about after the fact security by design and it has to start from the time you plan for it just like you plan for to deliver the features but at the same token developer should not be bogged down with all the security aspects that happens if you can if development and security and operations teams come together and agree upon this the practices around that and how they can streamline the overall Uh, security control inside the software supply chain without having security team be in every step of the equation then developers can seamlessly move the code and they can achieve their objective security team can sit there and silence watch what's happening and then put some controls in place and make proactive actions as opposed to reactive actions right so they can agree upon the threshold they can agree upon the notification they agree upon the vulnerabilities or maybe like anything that they want to like go on put the secrets in the production or no vulnerability should be going to there or maybe known vulnerabilities or security static analysis security posture by 90% technical that reliability maintainability you put those controls in place so right. that way you don't have to be in the middle of it so secops is absolutely is a mainstream now and i can talk a little bit more about salsa framework because it's something that is coming up i don't want to spend entire topic on this particular thing but security and De- devops are they figured out right they have a way to do it now security is coming seamless how do we bring the secops into devops seamlessly which is where the next phenomenon right now with the De- in this whole uh, uh, combination of devops and devsecops so the big now the big wave or the big jump that is going to happen is the big drive is how do these devops and devsecops work together in tandem when you are yeah. working with this bigger enterprise or bigger digital transformations that you guys are working with these different firms absolutely because so, yeah. one last point because the reason is development and operation they kind of figured out the way to work together in the last 4 right. five, 5 years so the security by by organization the org structure and the, the way the skill set sitting in the sidelines and somewhere else in different organizations the cso info, info security or product security they're not combine them with the devops or they're not working that closely if you ask cso's and cios their their focus is about visibility governance and try to manage what they have ctos in the organization they try to innovate faster they want mm-hmm. to innovate put the new features agility velocity when you are these guys are focusing on running with 100 miles per hour they're trying to catch and try to manage it there's always a friction point arc structure friction point people process technology product right if you take over all four of them their friction points in all of the areas how do you bring them it's it's not just the technology it's about the process it's about the product it's about the the people you have to bring all four angles to all four aspects together then you will be able to have an effective Dev, devops devsecops journey and you'll be able to construct and achieve the objectives that you as an enterprise otherwise it's very difficult great i think i like the aspect i, I like the way you put it i think uh, talking about people processes technologies this is where i keep bringing up these uh, points a lot because 
working with people is the toughest part. I think we have the processes, we have the technologies coming up, but now companies like Opsera, I think you are now trying to kind of marry them together with these different technologies that you have, which we have taken it for granted, the core technologies like the dev operations and the security operations and how people can use it in the right way. Great. Yeah, we, we are trying to bring them together in a seamless fashion by uh, the satisfying the without them worrying about their their bubble right <laughs> they care about okay security has their own okrs and development have the okrs operational okrs how do you satisfy what is the combined okr for all of them right ultimately there should be a common goal enterprise should have it and i want to improve the agility by some agility velocity i want to put the new features in customer hands i want to maintain the security posture i want to improve the customer experience i want to increase the revenue and reduce it by doing it more with less right when you have all these things uh, we need to derive those objectives into various themes and observer job is with respect to software supply chain software delivery management from the code commit to code deploy, how do we make it easy for the people to work together without giving up their control and completely and also be able to uh, not being in every step of the equation for every every function. So it's like providing the visibility, providing the automation and manage it at scale and, uh, and inserting this respect to security gates inside the DevOps lifecycle. I know there are some inherent gaps here, and that is where Opsara is trying to fill the gaps, though these technologies have been there around for quite some time. Could you highlight or could you talk a bit more on where exactly or how exactly Opsara can fill these gaps when we have these different tools here in a typical uh, project development environment or project development implementation? Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, that's, I think I, I, I can, this is where I can pitch, give a Opsara. So we, we, there's a plenty of tools we've talked about, right? There's a product process, people process technology, right? There's a processes established and then, but not the, not, it's very hard to bring them together. And we sit on top of all these tools and abstract, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, create a layer, an orchestration layer, where in which we can seamlessly protect the existing investment. For most of the enterprises, they've made investment in some of the tools. We're not saying, okay, get rid of all you have and come and uh, sign up with Opsera. What Opsera is doing is we allow the enterprises to bring their existing investment, the choice, and by protecting the choice and flexibility that they have, and accelerating the DevOps journey or DevSecOps uh, posture, and then but also providing the visibility on top of it. And uh, using orchestration platform, we connect the tools, enable them to build the pipelines at scale with no-code pipelines across various use cases as DLC and uh, your uh, SaaS DevOps and IT Dev, uh, the, your infra as a code with layering the quality security gates in, inbuilt into it and operate across multiple use cases and providing the visibility in a contextualized format or persona-based insights so that it's not just what you're in, in automating. Why you are automating? The question of why is important here so that you'll work based on the objectives and OKRs. You can measure them and see whether you're really doing the, what you're uh, supposed right. to be doing it are you really moving the needle in the right direction? Are you really improving the customer experience? Are you really uh, releasing things faster? What is the important reason behind releasing it faster? And uh, are you achieving your objectives, increasing the revenue, saving the money, or improving the security posture, compliance posture? So you can measure these things in a, a very quantifiable manner. So that way you can go from the uh, code commit to code deploy, the entire journey, you can make it easy and seamless and faster and secure. So one question there, um, uh, uh, Kumar, so like you said, Opsera sits on top of all these different tools, more like a logging mechanism or more like a listening mechanism of understanding where all these different tools are playing in the development environment and then understanding and how to act. Uh, 
So that is one question. And then maybe the follow-up to that is, uh, do you provide uh, services like the cloud-based services, or do you also provide desktop-based services where it can be directly integrated with some of these enterprise firms or some of these other uh, technology yeah. firms that they have? So we we are a SaaS platform. Okay, okay. we are a SaaS platform, and uh, we can we have three models inside the SaaS platform, which is a we have go with uh, control plane data plane concept. Control plane being the observer, data plane being the customer we customer VPC, mm-hmm. and then you can have hub and spoke model. And within that, we we can allow the people to leverage the tools that we offer or bring the tools together, right? And that's uh, that model. And let's say a second thing is. When we talk about it, it's not just logging. We integrate the existing tools and also mm-hmm. offer the tools, orchestrate them, like every step of the way. Okay. For example, we orchestrate in a manner where you, from the time the developer checks in the code, let's say you want to build a container, you want to deploy and validate scan, and then you want to make sure that it has a proper approval to Jira service, no Microsoft Teams, Slack, Google Chat, all these things, you don't have to worry about building it from the application by application, a product by product. You can use a common framework and common layer of microservices that we offer, reuse them using a templatized format so that way you can operate at scale. One of the customer, enterprise customer, started a journey with 2,000 developers. They had something sim- similar to Opsera built in their own, own environment. With, when they adopted Opsera, they, because they tried to do, do something similar to Opsera, they couldn't do it because at some point of time, hit the ceiling because the priorities are different. They're not, able, they're not designed for, it was designed for purpose built, not as, mm-hmm. a, as a solution that can as a platform. We took a platform approach and as a result, they're able to scale much faster across 20 different use cases, 2,000 developers. They improved the quality security posture by, say, 60% and improved the overall deployment cycles, reduced the deployment cycle to 65%, and then overall uh, the, the developer productivity by 2x. So it's only they, in, in doing so, they improved the overall maturity of DevOps, DevSecOps, and a scale of 1 to 5 before Opsera was 2 to 2.5. Now with Opsera, little over 12, 12 to, say, 18-month journey, but they're at 4 to 4.5. So that's a significant... Uh, change for them. They would not have achieved it had it been they had continued to manage the custom way of doing it. And it would have solved it for one or two use cases, but not a, a, at a scale. So we, that's the power and value that we bring to the enterprises. Okay, great. So uh, the I know the configuration aspects or implementation aspects may not be that easy as part, as part of any of the regular software implementation processes. Uh, You've explained that, yeah, it is uh, Opsera as a platform can run on top of these different tools the customers might have. They do not need to technically move away from a particular tool, but you also provide migration chances if there is, meaning if there are any overlaps with a current tool a customer might have, customer or an enterprise customer might have, and there are some things that Opsera can also offer in addition to that. Do you also provide some kind of migration capabilities there? Yeah, that, that great question. We are a product company and we also, what we do is we work with them in the initial stages for the, the engagement. We give you the templates for people to manage with, look at the current landscape that they have and give the templates. But we partner with uh, SI partners. We have SI partners, a couple of them. And we work with them, the likes of Mindtree, PwC, and those type of people. They will uh, be a partner. We don't want to do the consulting aspect of it and uh, provide the migration services. There are times we help them initial stages. Let's say, for example, they have a Java-based application or maybe Node.js application or maybe something with Node and React and MeanStack. 
we can help them like look at the current configuration, give the pattern and the, the kind of a pipeline so that they don't have to write the glue code. They can leverage it and then reduce the, they can only manage basic configuration, manage it, run it in parallel. Once they feel confident, they can operate at scale, clone it and try to duplicate them to create the templates and to operate at scale. In the case of other few examples I gave, one of the, they started with zero pipelines as now the 2000 pipelines because they're able to do it without writing a code. The best part about it is we give the code back to the customer. We generate the code as part of the pipeline cre creation and the JSON format can be saved in the customer Git repository. That way they don't have to lock down with Opsera, right? So they can continue to manage their own pipelines even in, otherwise through CLI and UI. So coming back to that your question and uh, extending that. So we don't take a particular position and uh, any tool and cloud and vendor, but the same token, we also like, enable the enterprises to adopt and uh, migration wise, we give the basic um, uh, initial uh, uh, validation and uh, some suggestions to them. But when it comes to the same migration of, like, for example, you want to migrate from away from Jenkins to GitLab to something else. And uh, we give you some basic recommendations, give you some patterns, and we have some migration tools. But to do it at a scale, it has to be done through their SA partner or our SA partner. Okay, great. So any particular features, special features that you kind of offer like i know you briefly talked about these tool chain automation the uh, the additional Local unified pipeline. insights and other things that you want to briefly talk about so that we get additional perspective of where Opsera kind of provides compared to the other competitors yeah the basically like when we are the first orchestration platform that in the market which can offer the multi-cloud and multi-sas what we mean by that is not just uh, doing that for SDLC. Like most of the times you see the noise in the market or a lot of the DevOps tools in, mar in the market, right? And you have mm -hmm. the, but those are point solutions. Not, they're not, they're either taking the position, a strong position that you need to come to and use my platform or my solution. Now more than platform, my particular tool. And then we don't take the position because we've been through the challenges ourselves for 20 plus years in the industry. And then we wanted to see how do we remove the, reduce the pain. As a result, what we've done is, we, while we're protecting the existing investment, we give the allow the enterprise customers to use SDLC use cases across many of them, like a, be it, like as I talked about, any of the languages or a container, VM workloads, microservices, serverless, seamlessly we can do it across any, deploy them in any target cloud or on-prem or private cloud. And more importantly, the other important thing that differentiate Opsera is same orchestration platform can be extensible from the uh, it just uh, use it for the product DevOps and IT DevOps. Product DevOps is mostly developing the product, putting in the customer hands, whereas IT DevOps is mostly serving the internal people and maybe uh, supporting the business functions, right? Like names of sales, likes of Salesforce, SAP, Snowflake, Informatic, Adobe Experience Manager. And then you have uh, Boomi, SnapLogic, and uh, uh, Liquibase, Flyway, and a bunch of other things. How do you give that opportunity for IT developers in the same level of the, uh, the same same uh, level level playing platform as well. So by doing so, we are uplifting the entire company by de-risking the the challenges that they have to face and building instead of building themselves, we allow them to protect the investment and also accelerating the DevOps journey and then giving the insights so that they can, they can see the value coming into the play. What Opsera besides multi-cloud, multi-SaaS, mm -hmm. one other thing that we have is DevSecOps is inbuilt into it. One of the salsa framework, which is where we've been preaching this whole uh, software lifecycle security and then why the uh, provenance, provenance and uh, authenticity is important because look at the, look at the lot of the breaches in the last three years, SolarWinds, Sony, 
and uh, some of the things that happened, passport le leaking, the passports and the clear right. bunch of other things that came with various vendors, right? So one of the challenges because they didn't pay attention. So with mm -hmm. Opsara, we created a concept called Git from the five stages of the security, right? Before you do the code commit, you can do the scan the code, make sure that there are no secrets, keys, vulnerabilities, uh, vulnerabilities or, or any PA data or API keys embedded into the code. Okay. Because people are used to putting it in the conf configuration when you're doing local testing. The second pa part of that is, once they do the validation, you can also run the scan against, offline scan against entire repository, entire rep all the repositories that you have, get the view of what's happening and you can take remediation in parallel to it. Second stage is we can also do the static code analysis and with various tools where we offer the tools or the tools that are available in the market. And then dynamic code analysis, threat vulnerability management, container scanning. When we connect all of them, we don't take any position. We connect with the existing tools or ex tools that Opsera okay. can offer. This is the, one of the value proposition that we offer from the from the time that you do the from the code is created a planning stage all the way to deployment we layer the security ensure that everything is achieved as part of the devsecops the futures wise we offer the tools and uh, we also allow the people to bring the tools no code pipelines span across multiple uses multi cloud multi saas and we talked about it in quality security and built into it unified insights plus we also recently launched git custodian also we have continued to innovate, continue to have it. We have about five patents right now for the application. And uh, we just recently launched Git Custodian downloadable version too, so that mm -hmm. people can, developer can download on the MacBook and uh, quickly run the repository scan so that we can bring the hygiene and bring the culture to the, the, the developer desktop so that we don't have to force them and uh, discover this issue during the deployment so that they don't, right. we don't want to waste the cycles. So we're giving the, some additional tools and capabilities for them. So that mm -hmm. uh, we can they can catch issues early and then remediate them. Great, great. So I like the way you've explained, like right, like if the, if the if the customers they have their own tools, they can integrate into your platform. If not, I think you also provide the option of using yeah. uh, some of the tools uh, available as part of Opsera. Great. Yeah. I think um, I know we've discussed uh, a lot of. Uh, uh, these uh, details. I know we, I, uh, I want our uh, audience to digest it a bit. Let us take a quick break and come back and continue our conversation. And we can maybe go into some of the uh, customer use cases or some live examples. Absolutely. All right, uh, welcome back. So we have been having some amazing conversation with Kumar about uh, the Opsera platform and how they have been helping the space in the continuous orchestration in the context of AI. Uh, so Kumar, maybe now, could you help explain some, any live customer use cases that you, that you can, and how these customers have been benefited? If there are a couple of examples, we don't need to go into the names of the customers, but maybe for the audience to understand where it is coming in from and how. Yeah, that's in, of course. Like you have to apply some everything in the customer lens because it's not a, it's not about having a cool product. It's about how the customers are going to see the value of the product and platform, right? So, yeah, we have a bunch of happy customers. Like uh, we within the we are fortunate enough to have a lot of the Fortune two thousand and Fortune thousand five hundred customers for the young company like us, and uh, we really, really uh, thankful to the, all the customers and employees that have been uh, able to keep them happy customers. So I'll give you a couple of examples. So one of the examples that I'll give it to you, like this is a one of the network software security company and then a very prominent company in the space. 
they uh, adopted the agile framework not necessarily like in the it side of the how equation it's engineering and uh, which is we have blown away by the way they are doing it and uh, in the it side a lot of the times what happens project requirements and go through the waterfall slash agile hybrid model in this particular organization they want to go all in with the agile framework similar to what how the development uh, engineering teams operate as a mm -hmm. result they had to transform themselves into the devops and devsecops and they they coined a term called enterprise devops they were looking for enterprise devops solution and uh, we they evaluated with opsara they looked at their homegrown solution plus a couple of competitors because competitor solutions a black box solution for point solution for each of them they they're not happy about it how can they complement the, the existing enterprise solution that they have with kubernetes aws cloud and a bunch of other things plus also augment the multi saas and uh, cross applications we went and demonstrated them and they they're within the couple of months they are able to see the value and uh, from the time that we implemented the platform there were 200 plus developers that they have and they adopted the platform they improved the productivity to 50% improved the deployment increased the improved the de deployment cycles like with quality security gates by close to 60 to 75% and more importantly they consolidated tools and then uh, they reduced the the dependency in sis in some areas right while we mm -hmm. partner with sis sometimes you don't need to have these things they save some money as well cost savings and rationalization rationalization of the tools so it's within 2 uh, 3 months they're able to expand the use cases now they have a common platform that can cater to engineering use cases and it use cases and saas use cases and be able to expand them to the uh, very new newer projects that they have as well so that's one example and they're happy customer and uh, we have a like uh, they have customer testimonial they've been uh, they gave lot of referrals as well so we are th very very thankful to them second company is about uh, um it's a more of a saas company i don't want to go into a lot of details you guys mm -hmm. uh, don't want to reveal that uh, the sensitivity around that so they they have something they've built it themselves because it, you know most of the software companies they want to do it themselves right, and they've, right. they've done but they're doing it pieces of it they're not able to bring the entire platform together they're able to do some scripts some uh, they use some java spring boot framework and what not but it was not going anywhere it was like a, one of the comment that i heard from one of the vp was it's like a, when every time you ask can you see the platform it's like finding oasis in the desert right so that was the comment he made because it i there is always there the automation is there but when you want to see the end to end view it was not there as a result we partner with them initially we couldn't partner because of they want to do it themselves when they call us back after a few months now that customer is using enterprise customers using uh, the tools for multiple use cases not only for the the chatbot applications are they using for their own data services like for example they want to connect to emr ecr and uh, there are kafka and those type of use cases in the cloud and then they also using for the the search and com compliance related aspects and they're also using the saas applications now they able to see the dashboard and they able to see what's happening what's the lead time mttr deployment frequency and uh, they they can make decisions around that and also plus understand the productivity agility and security framework a security scorecard what what is my security scorecard are we satisfying all the known vulnerabilities before i release in the production as well so security team can also be part of the equation now they're building the two dev devsecops in the software supply chain and uh, we're happy that uh, they are going to be with us for uh, years to come we're going to continue the journey they they've seen a significant improvement in terms of like a security posture and also quality along with and uh, they they're able to see the unified dashboard which was sorely missing for them right. then they can make intelligent decisions right now so um, i think those are the two example i can give another example where one of the customer used to be part of the existing customer went to a different company and then the, they saw a bunch of issues with respect to azure and the, the way they have 60 70 applications 
there's a bunch of compliance issues and audit issues and immediately the because of the work that we've done in previous engagement they knew that he knew that exactly what, how we can help them within two months we were able to onboard and uh, this is the largest one of the largest manufacturing conglomerate based in uh, yeah, germany and then uh, they're able to adopt the framework with the 60 applications and now they are able to sign off with an audit and compliance with tight timelines and now we are expanding the engagement with them as well so it's like a time to market and reducing the our goal the way the value we add value developer productivity developer experience agility velocity for them time and the second thing is about quality security posture doing more with less and also giving the opportunity for them to reduce the manual tasks and also like compliance challenges that they have how do you bring it together? How do you give the evidence and audit for audit and compliance aspects as well? Great, great. Beautiful. I think uh, amazing that you've provided different examples from uh, different uh, domains. Uh, so before I go into the question about uh, prerequisites and uh, guidelines or guiding principles, I have one other uh, brief question. So generally these typical implementations when you work with these customers, how much time does it take? Meaning a rough uh, estimate um, so basically, the depends on the, the, the customer engagement. But generally speaking, we don't want to be in the customer engagement. We're not. We don't want to be because we okay. want to sign up and uh, do the quick POV and value proof of value proof of concept. Mm -hmm. And once they know it, we'll give a spin of the platform and do the documentation videos and give the basic training and off their own. Like uh, we think about picture Opsara is like if you were to just put it out there for the audience and for uh, other people benefit uh, your benefit as well. Think Opsara is more of a salesforce of the DevOps. The way the salesforce okay. solve for the city people, we want to solve the similar way for the developers and DevOps engineers. That's our goal and vision and ambition, right? Are we there with everything that we have? No. And are we in the right path? Absolutely. And uh, in doing so, uh, we don't want to, we want to give the platform with all the capabilities, with the templates, so that they can on the day one of the journey, and they should be able to start getting the value. And that's our goal, and that's our onboarding experience, and how you do that. And uh, Generally, basic training and uh, walking into that one, and also we having a, a basic POV initially will uh, help them. And uh, nowadays, now it's easier because we have a, enough customer testimonials, and uh, they can see the. We also have a launch of free trial recently, mm -hmm. and uh, they can have a tour of the product, and they can test themselves with sandboxes, and they can also download Git code and get the value of it. And combination of that, they get to know the Opsera value, and then then once they engage, it becomes easier. And we have an awesome team that can walk us through the go-to-market team and customer support, customer experience team can help them through the journey of the adoption and, uh, and also continue to gain the value of that. So it's the, it varies from the customer to customer, but generally, typically, once they engage with us, it's about time to value is less than a couple of months, one to two months, basically. Amazing. As that's I'm great. Time to value, not necessarily time to value. onboarding. And yes, yes. No, that, that, that's the most important thing, that the time to value, I think, yeah. was trying to bring to that point about the time to value, which is amazing. Like within one to two months, uh, they can di directly see some of these values. Uh, any general prerequisites? Uh, I know while implementing an AI project or an enterprise project using DevOps and DevSecOps are one of the key uh, principles that you might want to, uh, the customers might want to cons consider, the audience might want to consider. It's all about time, everything that we do, like it's tied to the business, right? Business value mm -hmm. and the business outcomes. And uh, if it is not tied to the business outcomes, no chaos, it's very hard to justify. You don't want, you don't want to do it for the sake of uh, doing some, applying the A and ML uh, in the context of A and ML, because it's an expensive thing. These are all expensive right. skills and expensive way of doing it because you need a lot of data sets. 
you need to train the models you have to uh, adjust the models and validate the models and uh, you need to understand the efficacy of them and continue to make tweaks right so you as long as the, the when you start when you start embarking the journey i think tying them to the business objectives will have a longevity of running the program and also get the executing the funding and also getting the support and resources and the platform tools will come later i think first and foremost thing is aligned to the business aligned to the business goals second aspect is and we didn't have a clarity on because you don't want to have to solve the world hunger right try to solve in a way a crawl walk run approach and when you do this type of thing because this technology is evolving so fast so quickly and you can't just go and box in with something and then say, okay this is what i'm going to do it and it's not about particular technology particular cloud or particular tool i'm not talking about it you need to have a way where you can cross the journey like you don't make you make investment by spending a particular platform you get stuck with it what is a platform is not scaling to your needs may platform may be right but it is not scaling to your needs or mm-hmm. you not solving the need. you stuck with it you have to undo your investment go back to that so make sure that apply the learnings from the crawl walk run or maybe near term short term and long term objectives so that you can try test it and train the team but more importantly upskilling is very very important in the right. devops or any, any technology right if you don't upskill the team you can't expect the expertise from the market just like that you your team knows what is what is working what is not working what the process and the the people right now all you have to do is help them with the right tools and training when you do that naturally that the push is going to come in you don't want to force the these type of projects and your team they should they should be able to adopt but as long as you do provide upskill and uh, then culture culture of uh, taking smart, smart risks and provide and uh, give them a, it's okay to uh, fail but fail fast and no it's okay we don't want to give the example but iterative model if you go with iterative model uh, then you will be able to learn learn from that ex- exercise or example apply them to the next time so that you can improve your chances of succeeding in the journey so i uh, to me to me prerequisites is not about like a about technology it's about like how the process and the, yeah. the way you build the culture aspect of it great great i like i like the way that you've explained uh, so that it gives a a clear understanding for the audience where they are coming from yeah i know it's been great talking with you uh, before we go i think uh, i know we can talk hours together on this topic it's very interesting but i i believe uh, it is good to have these 35 to 45 minute conversations get the things in perspective any key takeaways closing remarks that you would like to provide to the audience yeah first of all mr singh thank you really enjoy the conversation and uh, we covered a uh, lot of breadth and depth in this in the conversation that started with the ai and ml and went to the devops and devsecops and then our platform and customer examples and the prerequisites right so i just basically like people have to look at the they get the way i would summarize it right so at opsera we our core belief is about revolves around employees and customers like how do we make the the journey of that when we do that and what is it we need to do differently every day and then customer first mindset and make sure that culture is exists in the company right so uh, well that's one of the core principles of opsara we want to make sure the customers are happy and then what we do second thing is our way we talk about our goal is to still true to the goal and vision that we have making the software delivery and ensure that software supply chain security is is in the forefront forefront of our journey and our innovation and by doing so how can we make the enterprises software delivery faster better and secure and uh, we can talk about all the other aspects but we are helping we help a lot of enterprise companies and continue to do it and then especially when companies are struggling to innovate continue to adopt the new skills and uh, hire the people to do it please reach out to us and happy to help them and just share the knowledge more than anything else we share the knowledge first and before we talk about the product and platform 
great and, uh, great that, thank you really appreciate and uh, your time raghu and uh, thank you for all the services you doing for the community it's not easy to do it as i mentioned and really appreciate looking forward for other episodes from other people as well thank you kumar thanks for your time and i know we are almost into the holiday season have a wonderful holidays and happy new year 2023 great happy holidays success. to you and your audience as well thank you bye bye All right, let us now wrap up this podcast 38. I would first like to thank our guest, Mr. Kumar Shivakala, the co-founder of Opsera. We had a very interesting and an engaging conversation about the software development lifecycle and the different things that we do in the context of uh, DevOps, whether it is IT DevOps or product DevOps or SaaS DevOps, and also we talked a bit about security aspects and the dev the importance of dev security ops and how opsera is helping the enterprise customers or the consumer software customers in this space uh, it is becoming more and more important i think that's what we understood how important it is to make sure that we have these when you are doing innovation integration and deployment how important it is to make sure that your devops environment is uh, on track so we have learned all that if you have any further questions you can directly reach out to my guest kumar shivakala i will be tagging him on my linkedin post alternatively you can reach out to me as well raghubanda and i can put in touch with him kumar shivakala as always uh, you can go and find many other sessions or many other podcasts that are available on any of my podcast channels whether it is the spotify or the google podcasts or apple podcasts so on and so forth we have also now started as you might know a website predominantly focusing on all these uh, podcasts and the podcast links so you can go to extra ai x t r a w a i .com and reach out and understand what do we have here and you can uh, subscribe to a newsletter over there Uh, this newsletter will be sent on a monthly basis alternatively you can also reach out to me on my linkedin handle raghubanda or on my twitter handle rk banda as i've explained earlier there are a lot of other podcasts in the topic of ai you can feel free to search and provide any details if you have any requests uh, for new topics that you would want me to take up in this new year 2023 please feel free to send me an email or reach out on any of these uh, channels social media channels finally i would like to thank you the audience and also again wish you all a very happy new year 2023 stay tuned for more interesting podcasts that we are planning and will be going live this year Happy predicting the future with AI technologies. Bye bye now.